Hello everyone, I'm Sam. I'm Adam. And today we're experiencing the ninth circle of hell, which is Opeth's heritage. I wish. I wish. Honestly, I wish. honestly it'd probably be a lot more enjoyable. It would be. Uh, you know what? Be- this this week should have been Still Life, but that's a big album. So we're taking a week off. Decided to do Lighthearted, where we just talk about the musical extravagancy that is Hollywood Undead, who never cease to impress... <laughs> End of maze. Um, but before that, we have to talk about what we've been listening to the past week, other than Hollywood Undead. You want? Would, uh, you, would you like to begin? Yeah, sure. Uh, so it's not on my topster because you know long songs funny, mm-hmm. but uh, yo, so this suffering hour <laughs> kind of really good. Um, am I? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, kind of fucking really damn good. Yeah, I know, because, like, one of the three metal people I know in real life sent it to me and said, Sam, this is album of the year. Check it out. Yeah. And, uh, lo and behold, it's kind of astonishingly amazing black death metal with, like, a focus on the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And it's on profound lore. Like, these guys clearly know what they're doing. Uh, I'll definitely continue spinning it. Truly, truly good album. Yeah. Um, another truly good album that I'd like to talk about uh, is a new Mogwai album. Um, I, Wait, Adam, who are Mogwai? Uh, well, they're sure not a metal band. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think some of their stuff could be metal adjacent. Um, but Mogwai is everyone's favorite post-rock band from Insert Country here that I don't think is U.S. Uh, but I can't sure. remember. I think it's- they're definitely European. They're from Scotland. There I'm sorry, Mogwai. We love you. Uh, and obviously, they're super prolific. They have a ton of music. Um, and their new one, As the Love Continues, uh, is just... Uh, it's great. I mean... What flavor of post-rock is it? Um, it's honestly their standard sort of... I guess... Explosions in the Sky, Mogwai... Um, crap i can't remember the other band long name but it's sort of the mellow ish uh you know post rock um kind of i guess based off of the seeger rosses and godspeed you black emperors but a little heavier um and obviously more songwriting um or palatable songwriting driven um this is this album is a lot like their more old stuff rather than some of their more experimental new stuff because i know that like they had that like um i I don't remember if it was like a new wave or like an electronic album that came out yeah yeah yeah. um but this is a return to form um certainly if uh if not keeping up their normal um sort of shoegazy um post-rock sound there's some experimental stuff on here one of these tracks actually is vocals which was very interesting um so yeah pretty cool um definitely would recommend checking it out yeah i mean it's mogwai i feel like a a lot of like the legendary post-rock bands just can do no wrong yeah um but yeah do you you know a band can do wrong what's that uh trippy red (laughs) so i saw fantano's new review on uh on this album, Neon Shark versus Pegasus, which is like one of those bizarre deluxe things where like it's basically a new album, but then the the album that came out last year is just on the, the entire thing as the B side. And so I'm going to be focusing on Neon Shark because I wasn't going to listen to another hour and a half of Trippy Red. I don't blame you. But uh, this is a this is sort of taking a page from the MGK like sure. playbook where he got Travis Barker to produce, and it's a lot closer to like punk or emo than like melodic trap or whatever sure yeah and honestly i hate myself but i actually kind of enjoyed this like it sort of reminds me of whole lot of red in the sense that it's just so aesthetically like garbage in every sense of the world Mm -hmm. that's kind of genius like this honestly sounds like 
future gaze like trippy's vocals here his performances are so bizarre like so underwhelming but they're coated in like eight layers of reverb and drenched and decay mm -hmm. and on top of that you got like these really intricate like surprisingly fun guitar lines and really peppy punk basses yeah. there's like a random chino marino feature i've heard the chino like, feature it's so like this album is nuts like it really shouldn't work and it's kind of bad but it's also kind of good like i don't know i i, I listened to this a couple times and i enjoyed this way more than i should have interesting would honestly recommend checking out and it kind of blows my mind that like something this out there is like popular right because it like sure it has the structures of like you know verse chorus verse bridge chorus and all that stuff and the but it's just so odd dude it's mm -hmm. really nuts interesting i'll check it out i mean i i have i have literally zero desire to listen to it normally but if it's honestly if it's like whole lot of red i'll definitely i'll check it out i think whole lot of red's a lot better Okay. But I think give it like one listen and you'll be like, what? You're like, how the heck did a record label fund this? Right. Well, it's a really bizarre smattering of like popular trends into something that just doesn't work at all. Gotcha. And I, I respect that. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. things that we respect, I do, do this. This. Sorry, this new uh, Harakiri for the Sky album. It's uh, not good. I don't know if I'd say not good. I think, um, I really think that it's based on understanding what you're getting into. Um, but the album's certainly too long. Yeah, like... Uh, way these, too long. What, what kills me is all these songs are actually quite good in isolation. Yeah. But the second you put them together, they're all, they're nearly identical. A like, lot of, there's a lot the, of similarities, yeah. Like, dude, that, that A Toilet of Hell article is a little harsh. I don't know if I go that far. But literally every song is just like generic atmospheric black metal track that climaxes around the seven minute mark. And then it's that 11 times. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, I mean, you're right. It is. I think each one of these songs is like pretty damn good. And there are some particular tracks here, like um, uh, I I don't remember exactly all the names, but like "And Oceans" is a good song. Um, "Once Upon a Winter" is also pretty great. Um, "Us Against December Skies" I really like, but yeah, it's just so long, man. And yeah, it's an hour and twenty minutes. And Every song you're like, all right, is it over yet? And then it just keeps going. It's, yeah, it's so much music that is so similar. And you know what? You're gonna you're gonna hear this for the first time ever from Adam Richards. I wish there were interludes on this album. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Um, because I don't know. I feel like. This might be the problem. This is this is the opposite of what I wanted. Um, I think that I don't know. They needed to mix it up a little bit, and I think that a, a consensus among the critical audience in response to Harikiri for the Sky is that they have so much potential, and there's so much good content on this and all their albums, but they yeah. ha but they really haven't they haven't nailed one yet. They haven't. No, I totally feel that. And it's, it's. Yeah, cause like, dude, all these songs are kind of amazing. Yeah. But like, just the way it's structured kills it. Like, I guarantee, you know, if you just take these in isolation, you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is no, a bitch. No, seriously, they're bangers. Black all gay of them. song. And then, ugh, it's just so samey. And like, it's funny, cause, you know, this is metal. Like, I've lit. One of my favorite albums of like all time is freaking Philosophem. And that entire album is like three chord progressions. <laughs> yeah. But like,. I don't know, man. I just feel like it just feels like they're so close because this album's produced immaculately, it's performed amazingly, and the songs are great. It's just like it kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. It just kind of sucks. Um, but I, I, I do think that some of these songs will stick with me, and I'll probably keep listening to it for the rest of the year. But I'm not sure because. Every time I listen to it, I get to about 50 minutes, and I'm like, oh my god, I still have another half hour of music to listen to. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
definitely listen to it if you like the style, because these guys do do it extremely well. Um, but I don't know if I can recommend listening to the whole album more than once. You know what? I agree. Yeah. Um, but I also listen to... Um, I listened to a, a bunch of... For some reason, last week, there were a couple um, Death Grind albums that came out that are okay. I don't really think they're worth mentioning. Um, but I'll at least shout out Gravesend and Coffin Nail for some decent Death Grind. I like the Coffin Nail album a little bit more than the Gravesend album. Fair. Um, but I do want to talk about a band that I mentioned on the post that came out yesterday. New Hampshire metal band... Uh, if you are not aware, we released a New Hampshire New Hampshire metal memorandum um, where I sort of started to start the series where we're going to talk about a lot of um, NH metal musicians who have released records in the last year because for some reason, like 20 plus groups from New Hampshire, of which that's a large chunk of, you know, the New Hampshire metal scene, all released projects last year and including this year. So I started with the stuff that has come out this year and that is coming out, which was four releases. Um, I touched on Aetheric, Existence, Tomb of Anubis, um, Hollow Colossus, and uh, Unflesh. Um, and one of them, well, two of them I really liked. Um, and that is the one that you can see on my little last uh, FM 3x3 is uh, Aetheric, Existence. They're a symphonic death metal black metal band um taking a large piece of the carriage angren book and just kind of making it not cringe um, <laughs> and so i actually enjoyed it this is also a really long record though so i will knock it off a little bit for that it's also um i think it's 74 minutes um which is a lot and all the songs are like seven eight minutes long of symphonic black death metal but um, an enjoyable listen, and definitely you know support your local scene where you can. Um, so check those ones out. And your check Charlie out. scene, if you will. Yeah, your Charlie scene. Um, so check out those ones uh, that are on that post. They're all on Bandcamp. Um, actually, the Unflesh album I'm really excited for. That comes out in April. It's a tech death album. And the two singles are pretty different. One is more uh, like gore gutsy and not as, not as like discordant and despondent as all that sort of stuff but it's still pretty um very technical very talented group from portsmouth so i've never been there before <laughs> never, yeah me neither um but dude all i'm saying fantana should have given the ad nods even 10 he should have given it a nine i don't think he should have given it a 10 because that's fantano no. but i don't think he should have given it an eight yeah no that album's flawless yeah um i would agree uh so, I mean, are we going to talk about the, like, <laughs> the glow or, or, uh... No. <laughs> okay. We don't need to talk about the glow. Um. No. I've just been practicing, I've been practicing the first three songs. Boom, boom, and, boom. Oh my god, dude. Like, it's, now I'm just, like, pick up a guitar and I'm like, alright, here's I want one to blow. <laughs> yeah. Bum, 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 bum. And I think that album's definitely grown on me. I still, like... It, read my article, uh, like, from the summer, because I wholeheartedly stand with everything I said there. Interesting. Interesting. It is still on the website, so you can definitely check it out. Um, uh, are we ready to talk about my favorite band? Ah, uh, I guess so. Dude. All right. I don't even Dude, know Hollywood, where to begin. Dude, Hollywood Undead kind of amazed. All right. I mean, like, no, anyone that's listened to this podcast before, even if you're just, even if you're tuning in and you heard the way we talk about the stuff we just talked about, like, uh, like we we have basically like New York hipster taste in metal. So there's no way in hell we'd ever enjoy this music, which is clearly not made for us. Mm-hmm. But uh, but and with that in mind, holy shit, dude, this band is fucking atrocious. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's. It's funny because I know that if a member of Hollywood Undead themselves were to hear this podcast, they would just say, fuck the haters, um, and just keep doing what they're doing. Um, and I honestly think that that's part of the reason why they're so successful. 
um, is because their attitude is just so unbelievably brash uh, and uh, in your face. Even if it's a bad in your face, it is still in your face. And the mm. band is just kind of unrelenting in what they do. Um, I agree. Like, dude, these guys have been doing it since, like, 2008. They have, like, six full-length albums. Like, and released, like, every two years on the dot. Like, I was a ast- Because when I, when I got the idea to do this, I just heard everywhere I go. And I was like, oh, my God, this is one of the worst songs I've heard in recent memory. We got to do a cast on this if we're not talking about Still Life. And lo and behold, that's their entire discography. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I I was fucking shocked to find out how just ginormous they are. They're huge. I was, ugh, like I was telling Adam before the cast, but like, dude, in the early 2010s, these guys like co-headlined with Avenged Sevenfold, Disturbed, Breaking Benjamin, like Asking Alexandria, like all these these bands that were just titans of like the mid or like the early 2010s like scene that could sell like MSG at their pi- at their height, which is insane. It's, it is such a unbelievable change of pace from what we normally listen to. And it makes me so intrigued that there is such a large community of people that are diehard fans of this band. Um, yeah, no, it's nuts. I mean, I don't know. I, so... This is the question I always ask myself when you're looking at acts like this: Is did they stumble onto this, or was this calculated? And what, I, t- what do you at think? least, uh, what? What Sorry? do you think? I mean, what do you, what do you think? Oh, dude, I, I, I mean, I tend to lean cynical, but I think this is a hundred percent calculated, especially if you look at their career trajectory. Because, like, these guys literally, like, they wrote the entire first album when they were like eighteen after they met at summer camp, and then. They didn't release it for three years until they got signed to a major label so they could push it. And then, like, basically all their career decisions past that point sort of point to, like, it being calculated. Like, their first album's definitely their rawest, if you can use that term when talking about them. And then they sort of, from that point on, go toward more of a pop rock, like, AOR direction. And I feel like, like, as they go on, they definitely get more mellower. And, like, I don't know, market to the, that mid, like, American, lower class, Midwest audience. Nothing against, you know, people like that. That's just, for whatever reason, the kind of people that gravitate towards, like, this and ICP or, like, you know, 311, a lot of those groups. Do you think that their sound was, at some point, their own? Uh, I mean, I, I genuinely be- I believe that, like, the guys in the band do, like rap and like new metal and industrial and combined the stuff they like but i really do feel like from the beginning these guys had it in their mind that like they were gonna get huge doing a very easily consumable style of modern rock and rap Mm -hmm. and they've just ridden that right wave since clearly it worked (laughs) yeah it sure worked because, like, I think of a band, like, honestly, more so than any anything else, these guys sort of remind me of, like, Linkin Park in their career approach. Because mm-hmm. Linkin Park, like, they bubbled in the underground for a while. They got signed by a few major labels, and they dropped Hybrid Theory. And if you listen to Hybrid Theory, that's a great album, don't get me wrong. But yeah. I think more, ex- more interesting is if you look at it for, like, a really strictly materialist lens. Like, none of those songs have swears in them. They're all... They're all like razor thin, so like hyper relatable lyrics, choruses, rap, heavy parts. Like every aspect of that of hybrid theory was made to explode upon the new metal scene of the early two thousands, right. and it did. And I get the same sense listening to Swan songs and their later material. It's definitely not as deft. Like these guys are nowhere near as good songwriters as like Chester or Mike Shinoda, mm-hmm. but these guys clearly know what they're doing, and like. I don't know. I just, I don't get the sense that like they were ever doing it from like a sincere, genuine, artistic place, which is fine. Like you don't need to do that, but I don't know. A lot of their career decisions just seem to point to like a much more cynical. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's really, I hate, I really don't like listening to this music at all. I really get nothing from it. 
Um, it just... I mean, I think it's kind of hysterical. No joke. I just... I don't know whether my... <laughs> I, I don't even know. And this is going to sound bad, but, like, the entire time I was listening to this music, I was like... This is, like... Not a call to arms, but this feels like... A ploy. By someone. What's the ploy? I don't know. I don't know by who, but like this band really gives me off like if Donald Trump endorsed Hollywood Undead, I wouldn't be surprised. That's what I'll say. Okay. Um, now, obviously, that's a pretty big statement, but this band just really gives me the I don't give a fuck mood about anything, and you can certainly hear that in their lyrics. Um, and they really don't care about what they talk about. The use of the uh, homosexual slur used on the first album, and probably throughout their career, was very jarring to me to hear in a 2021 lens. Oh, yeah, dude. No, there's a lot of like blatant homophobia, a lot of blatant misogyny. <laughs> it's it's kind of gross. It's really <laughs> gross. Um and it makes me kind of upset that, I don't know, Hollywood Undead's number one song has 145 million plays on Spotify. No, no, if you scroll down, Undead has almost 500 million. Right. So, yeah, that's just, that's amazing to me that this is still a thing. And I'm sure if I look on like a metal publication like Loudwire and I look up Hollywood Undead, there's going to be news on it. I guarantee it. No fair. Um, I don't know. It just... Well, yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta understand, like, I really do think these guys saw a niche and then they filled it. Because, like, you, have, you had rap rock, you know, a turn of the century was, like, it was titanic. Like... Mm-hmm. Chocolate starfish and the motherfucking hot dog flavored water is literally like, oh my god! I just, I just heard the song "Riot" and I almost puked. But um, <laughs> um no, like that album is almost diamond. That album sold like nine million copies. Yeah. And then you know after the LIMP sort of broke down, we didn't really have a, a real harbinger of mainstream rap rock for a while. Right. And uh, the fact that these guys, you know, took that template, like the Chad energy of the suit, like the imminently punchable em- energy of Ch- of Fred Durst and mixed it with like modern AOR trends, modern metalcore trends, like industrial, because why the heck not? And then wore masks as like an image thing. It's kind of genius. It's like, I mean, it is kind of like a limp and slipknot hybrid. Um in every and way. And like Lincoln Park and, Lincoln. and like Manson. It just takes it from everywhere. Um, I mean, do you want to like go into any of these songs in particular? No, or? no I don't. I, I don't. Because I don't think it's worth it. Their career is too long. And I don't think that they've changed that much. Like, yeah, it's a little... It's certainly less heavy than it was on their first and couple records. But it's a, it's the same music. No. You know, they're still they're still screaming about grabbing women inappropriately and uh, in California, know, in California. And, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think we really need to dive into um, the. Yeah, no, I don't think we need to dive into specifics, but it's just it's amazing. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, this this music is orally atrocious. The lyrics are dog shit. The production is dog shit. The music, at least to someone who is really turned off by, like, stuff like this, is atrocious. It's, like, every aspect of this music is technically abhorrent. Mm -hmm. And listening to it is certainly not a fun experience. But at the same time, I really do have to admire their ability to just, like, tap into, like, you know, let's say the average, like, mainstream rock heads, like, tropical understanding of these genres. Oh yeah, whoever whoever like, whoever put it together is I mean they're fucking genius, clearly. 
Yeah, no, because, like, dude, like, their raps, like, I think what's impressive about the Hollywood Undead, like, is the way that they're able to nail, like, the feeling of all these different styles so distastefully, because the raps are just, like, horrible Eminem worship, like, to a to a, a point that's, like, be, it's, it's, like, beyond parody how similar Charlie Scene's delivery is to, like, 2000s, early 2000s Eminem. Yeah. And then combine that with like dog shit, like melodic metalcore choruses combined with like, I don't know, like the word, like the the B side, B sides of Trent Reznor's B sides Mm -hmm. and then smather it all in like 2010s rave culture. Like it's insane. It really is. It's nuts. But, you know, let's. If, you know, if I was someone that was only casually into rock music and I liked a band like FFDP or like Disturbed and I wanted something a little trashier, I could totally see myself enjoying this. I don't think... This is going to sound bad. I don't think people who like music like Hollywood Undead. I think that this sort of falls into the camp with like... AJR. Yeah, but like harder. It's like the it's like the hard version of AJR. No, totally. No, like it's like if you're like into Disturbed, FFDP. Yeah, it's the, um, like this. These are these. This is the circle of bands that you like, and you don't like anything else. And that's no, fine. You can like whatever you want, but I do think that there is somewhat of a uninformed or unexperienced um, edge. That it sort of puts on it, because it is so clean. It's so clean. Yeah, I mean, if it means anything, like I, I do want to sort of want to avoid like sort of a. Yeah, I'm not trying. I, to... I, th- I well, I th- I think I think it's at least important to address that like we should probably try to avoid like any inherent elitism or classism because yes. a lot of the people that who quote unquote like aren't into music or have poor taste generally come from different economic social backgrounds that would lead them towards something like this. And there's certain of inherent elitism in like even the Brooklyn metalhead taste. Absolutely. Um, I can, I agree with that. Um, I think it's important to address that. And obviously we're not commenting on those people. We're commenting on this band. This band is obviously very pinned toward that direction. Um, and engineered that way to appeal to them. Yeah, it's 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 like what 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 the, one of my favorite Nietzsche quotes where he's like, um, "Gosh, what does he call them? Malodorous books, like books for the many. They smell of the weak or something." Mm-hmm. Which is a bad Nietzsche sucks, but like it's I don't know. It's one of those things where it's art for everybody, so it's art for no one in particular. Yeah. Like I don't know how many people truly love Hollywood Undead. I can name a few and. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to obviously talk about those people, but like, I get it and I understand why they like Hollywood Undead. Um, but. Dude, I'm just trying to go hard, pound some brewskis, go hard on the dance floor. Come on. What else is there to really talk about? I mean. The, I mean, we could talk about the, like, I, so I was talking to Adam beforehand. If this band was produced a little bit differently, I could actually enjoy some of their songs. Like, some of their cold, hard bangers, like, I don't know, Undead or the intro song for American Tragedy. Like, don't get me wrong, they're not good, but I'd probably enjoy them if I was, if I was in that trashy, like, limp mood. Sure. If they were produced differently, because one of the things that makes like a lot of the golden age of new metal really fun is that they're Ross Robinson produced, who like was known for his like capturing the emotion and the raw nature of the tracks. And the fact that all of these tracks sound like not not just like hyper modern, like uber modern, like disgustingly like gauche and forward, like I don't know, they they sound just so bad, like. Every vocal layer is, like, smathered in auto-tune. The drums are punchy enough to literally, like, poke your eyes out. The guitars are buzzsaws. The beats are really, like, gross and sound like they were made in, like, Ableton. And the whole thing is just, like, the vocals are 30 times louder than everything else. And it just sounds kind of gross. Like, it sounds, like, I feel like not even Ariana Grande or, like, Billie Eilish or a lot of the gigantic, like, pop artists use this style of production that's how like in your face it is 
I'm I'm listening to the track with the Tech Nine feature, and I've never been more confused about this being a Hollywood Undead um, song. It doesn't sound like it. Yeah, but actually, I will say they do kind of do they do a little bit of genre bending. Like they have a bluegrass song. What? How can they even pull that off? They don't. <laughs> you. But no, I. Fair enough. I mean, that's kind of commendable. I mean, yeah, if uh, if they're willing to reach out and do that kind of stuff, absolutely, all the power to them. Um, I, I, I this band just kind of amazes me for how existing, existing. Yeah, that's 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 really it. Um, I mean, I'm just kind of surprised that there's still an audience for this stuff, like in 2021. Yes, I can also agree with. Because like I was, I was like looking at some of their like la- like the last tour they played in 2019, which by all accounts they should be like burnt out and not touring. Oh yeah, you know they're they're Hollywood and dead, and these guys are like headlining like arenas in Russia, which is nuts. Like they have a huge international audience. That's very strange to me. Um, what? Do you think that they do every show? What do you mean? Do they do every show? You know how you know how there's the oh the, the Slipknot true the thing. Slipknot troop. Thing? Oh well, they, these guys they yeah. stopped wearing masks a few years ago, so yeah. Oh well, shit. Well, and, good for them then. Yeah, and also all the one thing that is cool is that all the all members of the bands play instruments and sing, so. <laughs> And I will say, they're a lot better live than I would have expected them to be. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I think of atrocious live performances like Veil of Maya, Fear Factory, I don't know, a lot of rap, a lot of, like, a lot of uh, groups, like, in this vein just kind of suck ass live. Yeah. And, like, I, I listen to some of their pro shot footage, some of their live stuff, and it's actually pretty solid, which is surprising. Yeah. Um... I don't know, I feel like you have to be when you're in this kind of band, or you're out. I mean, honestly, dude, I go to Hollywood Undead show, like, do, like, eight Jaeger bombs and just crowd kill in the pit. I don't know if I would do the same. <laughs> I don't know if I would ever... You're telling me you wouldn't drop a tab and start moshing? No, I don't... Well, I... I don't know if I would... In... I don't know, man. I, I don't want to be... I don't want to be around that environment. Um, <laughs> as bad oh, wow. as that sounds, uh, I like. I just sort of think about like. I don't know. I've seen. I've seen a lot of like live shots from like Five Finger Death Punch, Breaking Bad, not Breaking Bad, Breaking Benjamin. Sorry, Breaking Bad. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like that is not the environment that I enjoy in a live setting. Um, I, I also just, I don't think that... Look, if someone gave me a free ticket, I'd go. But at the same time, I'd way rather go to something else. Fair. I don't know. It's... <laughs> Oh gosh, man! Like the more I listen to them, the the worse it just gets. No, that's the that's the problem. Because like it, I can really at least enjoy. Ugh, I can I can at least enjoy some of the really disgusting like new metal stuff, mm-hmm. just because you know I have that part of me. But the poppier they get, the har- the harder it gets to for me to enjoy them. No, yeah. Like, what is this song? Why did they? I just, I don't even know. I'm listening to something from their 2020 record right now, and I just, it's so different from what their original sound was, I don't even know where I am right now. (laughs) Like, this is, Hollywood Undead is certainly a piece of musical history that shouldn't be forgotten, um, because it is an interesting specimen to analyze. Because I don't think that there is any band that sort of held the position and still holds the position that they do. I feel ya. So I'm getting a Charlie Scene back tattoo. Is that so? Yeah. 
You um, did this to me, Adam. I have not done any. <laughs> I didn't do that at all. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, I think it's sort of telling that, like, their biggest songs chorus is, like, you know, openly misogynistic and, like... Yeah. Ugh. Like, it's, like, everything they attempt, they it's, they seem like they have, like, ten times the amount of confidence and, like, badass energy that they do. I don't know. I wish that the music wasn't as misogynistic and... Um, I guess kind of offensive as it is. Like I said, I don't know what their new lyrics are. Um, I'm, I tune, I tune it out because it's so auto-tuned and full of bullshit that I just I can't listen to it. But you know that old stuff, even amidst the bangers, I don't know. It, it's it's difficult to hear it, and I seriously like had to do a double take when I first heard some of the stuff off of Swan Songs because I, I I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, I just thought it was going to be shit. And <laughs> it, 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 it was shit, but there was a there was an extra layer of, oh, that makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> the need, the need so. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like it's not really like... I don't know. There's a difference between like good edgy and bad edgy. And like I feel like this is, none of this is good edgy. Yeah. I will say, as they mature, it seems like they sing less and less about the outwardly misogynistic and homophobic stuff, and more just sort of talk about, like, I don't know, very generic and easy to, to relate to topics. Yeah. And that makes sense. Obviously, I'm sure... Well, time has progressed as it does, and we've become less, I guess, accepting of that as a society, so it makes sense why they have changed their sound. Um, and I'm fortunate for that, but I don't know. It's interesting. That's something totally interesting to listen to. I agree. Um, but Ugh, yeah, it's just, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I feel like there's really not that much, like this band kind of sucks. It's kind of astounding that they're so popular. Yeah. I, I don't know. We were never meant to like them. And for people that legitimately love them, you know what? Good for you. Yes. Yes, good for you. Like, at the very least, these guys are competent songwriters and performers. Which isn't something you can say for everyone. Yeah. Um, they definitely make music. <laughs> they make music. Bro, um, but all music's just noise. How can you even, like, rate, rate that? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, you know what? They're songwriters. And they have they they are able to create melody, and uh, a verse and a chorus and yeah, it's all it really takes. And honestly, like, if it wasn't so shit, like the some of the hooks might be fine. Yeah, yeah but uh, like the song "Young" just came on from their first album, and like it's just pain incarnate. Like, I'd rather listen to probably any other giant band of the era. Yeah, me too. But I think that that accessibility is obviously why they're fucking huge. Because they really, can, they really can appeal to everyone that they... I mean, are we going to talk about how unbelievably white this music is? <laughs> um, I mean, we can. I, I think well, it could be important. Well, we talked about how kind of classist it appeals to we can certainly talk about race too well i mean the the album hollywood and dead since their formation has been six white dudes you know appropriating like <laughs> a bunch of different genres and it is definitely the whitest music i've heard in a while and i listen to prog rock and black metal almost exclusively yeah so <laughs> I, I think the i think the dis difference though with that is is it's just so outward about it it's Fair. so outwardly white like like there's nothing to say that like you know um someone of a different non-white race can make black metal or you know death metal or whatever you know but this music for whatever reason really puts an emphasis on being white 
in the white experience. Um, I don't know if that's wrong of me to say, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I I think this music doesn't care about whether it's insensitive or not, or whether it feels privileged. And now, they're not being outwardly racist or anything, but th- this music does absolutely take all of the influences from, like, mostly white genres, like new metal, like a- uh, AOR, like, um, like white rap, and throw them into a blender and just kind of make the purely white genre of music that is <laughs> that is mid-2000s heavy metal, quote-unquote. Fair. Uh, Apparently one of the former members is a pretty big trumper. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, it seems like they're all just kind of like slight like liberal left-leaning. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And I don't, like, their music isn't outwardly racist, I don't think, in any way. But um, it, it is very, it feels very white. Yeah, no, I would not be, like, like you said, I would not be surprised if these guys got, like, Trump tweeted, like, folks, Hollywood undead. Yeah, yeah. and not, <laughs> not that they're supporting of Trump, but, like, if Trump is going to endorse a rap rock group, it's going to be Hollywood undead. Um so gosh maybe we are just like classist coastal elites yeah but i i don't i also don't think that that is unfair to assume here um because i'm sure if you looked you know how like new york the new york times did that like listener base um thing right and like you know you have your hot spots of beyonce and jay-z in california and new york and you know the northeast um, there is certainly a cultural difference between the edges of the country and the center of the country. And funnily enough, the only people that I know that actively like Hollywood Undead uh, live in the center of the country. Um, so I don't know. If yeah, that's... no, these guys are definitely bigger in the Midwest than anywhere else. Yeah. And like even that, like even the name, like a lot of their songs sort of romanticize California. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're not really romanticizing California to people that live there. Right, they're they're plenty aware of uh, you know what Hollywood is like, um, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I I just listened to uh, something to believe from their 2018 EP, um, and uh, it turns out you can repeat a lyric for a whole chorus, and that'll that'll do it. That'll that'll make yourself a song. Um, Fair. Yeah, I don't know Hollywood Undead. Do you wish it never existed? Would the I mean, world be, I don't the world be better off without it? I've, that's the thing. You got to look at like their positive versus negative outcomes. And realistically, like I don't know if a lot of people enjoy their music and they've brought joy to to people. You know, it' good on them. Yeah, it's definitely not for me, but I feel like they're not actively harmful. No, I don't think so either. Um, which I don't know if that's something you can say about similar groups in the genre. Um, certainly five finger death punch, uh, at least we've talked about it on the show actively spreads misinformation. Um, yeah, I don't think that's another conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Hollywood undead does not do that. So in that regard, you know what? I think that, you know, the stuff in their past that is sort of, uh, motivated against, uh, women and, um, certain lgbtq individuals um is not forgivable but i think that they've moved past that uh and at least that's well now are we just are we just is this like are we engaging in frat boy apologia no it's not okay they certainly said it um you know i'm not gonna listen to hollywood undead probably for that reason in addition to the fact that their music's shit um I, I'm not going to apologize for them, but I will say that, like, at the very least, they've done that. Fair. But yeah, you, sh- it, you, you should be aware that that is stuff that did happen in the past. Um, and, you know, they could still hold those opinions now and just suppress them for publicity's sake. Um, I mean, but I, I, don't know. I so even back then, I sort of get the sense that a lot of it is just sort of like tongue in quote like 
tasteless tongue-in-cheek and like them just engaging in like that behavior because right. it has an audience and it's kind of shocking i don't know yeah i think so um it just it is unfor- it, it's unfortunate that it exists um, yeah there, there you go but you know whatever well in my uh i don't know yeah i don't know i i really feel like we can only beat a dead horse for so long but like these like not music for us that's and like critically i'd say it's atrocious but i don't know they're they're enjoyed by a lot of people if it makes you happy i guess keep listening to it um yeah i don't know maybe one of these days we'll do a deep dive on like <laughs> one of their albums i hope not but um you know if you're listening to this music Take into account what we've said, and that's all. And keep keep listening to it if you want. I we can't tell you <laughs> what to do. We're just we're offering suggestions and insights. Um, but what's like a better version of Hollywood and Dead, huh? What if you're a fan of the 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 vir- <laughs> the virulent rap rock AOR stylings? I mean, probably like. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine, and I don't know. Yeah! <laughs> Rage Against the Machine. I would suggest groups like Falling in Reverse and Black Veil Brides, but there are a bunch of members of those bands that are pretty shitty, so I wouldn't suggest that. Um, those are the only things I can really compare their sound to, aside from the like the, the dad metal of the mid-2000s. Um, I don't think Breaking Benjamin has any bad stuff about them. Hope not. Um, yeah, Breaking Benjamin, I mean, like, they're kind of cringe, but, I don't know. Honestly, like, I got down to Diary of Jane when I was a kid, so, like, <laughs> I get I get it, man. Um, yeah, oh my, this guy. But, yeah. I don't know, listen to Slipknot. <laughs> yeah, listen to Slipknot, listen to Slipknot or Limp. That's, Yeah. When Adams are recommending limp, you know something's up. No, literally, uh, I'm not. I'm not a limp fan, but I would rather people listen to limp than uh, um, Hollywood Undead. Because oh, man, maybe maybe it's just one of those days, though. It just one of those days. <laughs> yes, but anyway, I think I think the Hollywood Undead discussion has certainly died down fair um shall we move on to news and upcoming releases sure i feel like nothing happened this week but yes i have a little bit of news tiny bit not really barely just a tiny bit of release news one of which I oh actually well i thought honestly the thing I, for whatever reason i've just been doing way too much guitar research this week and the one big news of the week is that dave mustaine you know one of the guitar heroes of yesteryear and a lot of people still love him moved officially to gibson from dean well that's pretty big is that big yeah it's kind of huge because he was like the last big dean artist interesting and uh, i mean granted i'd never buy a dave mustaine sig but i'm sure a lot of people (laughs) yeah Uh, hopefully uh he can release a nice like modern spec affordable model on epiphone like like matt like what matt heafy's done like mm -hmm. what a bunch of artists have done no. Fair enough. Um, the only stuff that I want to talk about, at least in terms of news, not super big, but relevant to us and what we talk about. Um, I mentioned this to Sam earlier, but Svalbard's vocalist, Serena Cherry, is releasing a solo black metal project um, by the name of Noctool. Um, they put out a single called Wretched Abyss, uh, and the record wretched abyss comes out in may on translation loss um so check that out i'm sure it'll be pretty good i mean (laughs) fair enough if we know anything about svalbard their music's pretty damn good so i will be i've checked out singles isn't she like their main songwriter too yeah i mean she plays guitar in this band so yeah so um yeah i'm yeah i'm sure it'll be good oh i have a (laughs) I have a nice boomer take from uh, Corey Taylor. Give me a boomer take from Corey. He, <laughs> he was like, he was just like, uh, I don't know, not, not a big fan of like MGK and like the new, the, the like sort of the 
commercial pop punk revival. Makes sense, kinda, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I hate all new rock for the most part. I hate the artists stop, who failed stop, in one genre stop, and stop. decided to go rock. Like, it's funny, because in the same interview, he recognizes that he's just being a grumpy old grandpa, and then he's like, they suck. Corey Taylor's certainly an epic old grandpa, and he literally did a reverse MGK, so I don't even want to hear it. Yeah, literally. Like, I mean, you, granted, Corey. I like. I think Tickets to My Downfall is a bad album. I'll never listen to it, but the fact that it's revitalizing guitar-driven music for millions upon millions of the younger generation, you gotta give it some credit in that sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can agree with that. And that is just a boomer take. I'm yeah, sorry. It is. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Dude, literally nothing else this week. I don't know. You want the new Coheed coffee? No. Um, fake Batushka is really... <laughs> hey, they're not fake Batushka. They are fake Batushka. Fake Tushka is releasing a new EP. Bart's Batushka is uh, releasing a new EP. Yeah, there so, we go. If you if you like supporting... Um, uh, metal blade, metal blade, and the many, and in particular, horrible treatment of uh, one Kristoff of the original Batushka. Please employ yourself and listen to Autumn's uh, a Batushka new, truther. Um, listen to the fake Tushka EP that is coming out. In, no, I literally saw uh, one of their. So- I saw a new Batushka song on YouTube, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> It's if it's new Batushka on YouTube, it's probably fake Tushka. Um, I don't know if Bart's or Kristoff's uh, Batushka has any plans for any new music. I don't know. Whatever. Dude, just I, just just link that article that Toilet of Hell did, where it's like, <laughs> um, it just shows all the, all the different Batush. Yeah. What about what about the anime Tushka? The anime dude? Tushka, dude. Yeah. Or what, what about the Tushka that was recorded in the 1490s by a dying ghost monk? Come on. Um, one more quick interesting thing. Um, there is a uh, there's an AI bot um, that has been it's learned to write and parody Metallica songs, Iron Maiden songs, and ACDC songs. Um, but there's a Twitter account now um, called This Band Isn't Real, uh, that AI generates album names and album arts and band names. Uh, so there's, for example, uh, Ashengarn, The Wolves. And these album arts aren't good by any means, they're kind of, like, shit. But, like, it's certainly interesting <laughs> to look at, because, like, if it, if it was real, like, it's pretty convincing, you know, you, like, you have, uh, Calcifer, Land of Rust, right? The Frozen Fog in the Night of Unmade Stars. Outer Abyss, Lunar Whirlwind, Azure oh, Like, I, I totally Graves. believe if you told me these were real bands. No, right? Yeah, and Ancient Nightmares of Forest of Madness is what this uh, this Metal Sucks article um, at least highlights. But, uh, you know, it doesn't have a lot of Twitter followers, so go follow This Band Isn't Real on Twitter because, I don't know, it's kind of funny. Um, and, like, the art isn't... The art's bad, but, like, you can totally see it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Oh. Something something certainly interesting to uh, take a look at. Um, Gosh, dude. I, I went on Metal Sucks for, like, a minute. And then... It, there's, why is their coverage somehow worse than Metal Injection? It's bad, man. Well, there's just what? nothing... Nothing's happened this year yet. Like, wow. These are just bad. But you know what is happening? Tomorrow is a massive release day for the underground in particular. Um, there's a ton of stuff. Um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and find some more recognizable names, and I don't know if I'll be able to find any. Um, there's a band called Dong Gripper that is releasing uh, that released a record this week. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of funny. Um, there's just a ton of music. Um, I can name so many. Uh, I'm just trying to... F- I'm, I'm on my laptop right now. Um, trying to, like, sort of just scroll through. But basically, go to Metal 
websites like No Clean Singing, go to Invisible Oranges, Toilet of Hell, and they'll have all those releases panned out. And there's a ton of them between those, so check them out. Um, oh, yeah. New King Giz album tomorrow, too. Oh, yeah. That's pretty big. Um, LW. Oh, uh, yeah. They're, they're, there's an absurd amount of albums releasing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I don't know any of them. No, literally. It's all, like, unheard material, um, which is kind of cool. Um, the only ones that I can really think of are Ominous Ruin that has been hyped up for a little while. I think that's on Unique Leader. I could be wrong. Um, there's a ton. So much good music coming out, just always. So, I don't know. We're going to try and cover some of it, but we won't be able to cover it. Damn, when you just want to cover the new Hollywood Undead album, but Adam says no. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, no. Um, All right, yeah, no, I think that's it, right? Think, Next I, week we'll talk I, about Still Life, which I'm honestly not going to like as much as everyone else. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, all right. Um, this has been the PM Metal Guide podcast. Sorry for the shortish episode. We're not even we're not even at an hour yet. We got All right, we got to get to an hour. We got to have some something to talk about. <laughs> no, bro, it's, it's just artificial. No, no, it's not artificial. Um does being a masked band instantly increase your promotion? Oh, 100%. Yeah? Actually, speaking of masked bands, I listened to Mushroom Head for the first time this week. Really? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. It's... Wow. It's not for me. Let's just say that. No. I, did, did you not listen to the one song that you sent me? Well, yeah, that was this week. Was that this week? Yeah. Oh, God. Where does the time go, folks? Where does the time go? I don't know. Co- COVID school is just wild. COVID school is wild. Um, yeah, Mushroom Head's bad, dude. Most music f- in this style from that period is not, g- is not good. They, they released an album last year, dude. I it, So did Hollywood Undead. Undead! <laughs> Um, it's funny though because you listen to like A7X and like that music's actually good. Yeah, um, it's also not really metal, but <laughs> well, no, it, it never was metal. But like, I know. yeah. Huh. All right, that's it. We're not making it an hour. Um, Sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah. Was well, Nightmare really their most popular album? Yeah, dude. I didn't know that. Yo, fucking nightmare! Is that the album with Mike Portnoy on drums? Uh, no, I think that's the Rev's last album. Yes. No, it's Portnoy on Nightmare. No. Yeah, Rev died in seven. Really? Yeah. Shit. I thought the Rev yeah, was on that be... record. No, okay, now we gotta find out. No, you're right. You're right. I think. No, yeah. No, he. He Wait, died in 2009. Yeah, but that album came out in two. Oh my god, he did play. What? I didn't know Mike Portnoy played drums in A7. That's horrible. Yeah, he played drums on that album, and it's like an amazing performance. Interesting. That's wild. That album's, ten- that album's over 10 years old. Feel old yet? Oh, I feel old, dude. You know what's 20 years old? Blackwater Park. Confessor! You know what? The this, this is actually a dumb year for. Oh yeah, for metal anniversaries. <laughs> Not even metal anniversaries. Well, per- yeah, no, no, sorry, particularly metal anniversaries. Yeah, but we also got uh, the Glow Part Two turns twenty this year. Mm-hmm. It it's not. I don't think it's just um, like you have the Glow Part Two. You have uh, is this it? Okay. Oh yeah, shit. Jane Doe. Oh uh, shit. Uh, Amnesiac. Oh, shit. I'm trying to think of other ones. Toxicity. Well, yeah, I mean, and then Lateralis, Blackwater Park. Mm-hmm. Um, Released in 2001. All uh, right. Yeah, it's, let's see. Oh, yeah. Amnesiac. Maudlin of the Well. Fug- White the Blood Yard. Cell. Dude, the blueprint. Yeah. Discovery. Yeah. Iowa. Yeah, man. I don't think there's that. I don't think there's that much more. Actually, I get wet. Let's let's be real. Um, Mutter, ugh. 
let's see what what else can we find? What else can we find? Um, There's really not that much. Oh, Mugwai dropped an album in 2001. That's funny. Um, Destiny's Child Survivor. It's funny. Uh, that one Crowbar album. <laughs> that one. Top 20 albums of 2001. What's Pitchfork have to say? Let's see. You got Fugazi, got yep. Dental, got Beta Band, Strokes, M Mouse on Mars, Autisher. That's funny. Me oh my god, Vespertine is 20 years old this year. Yeah. Avalanches, wow. first album. And the microphones. Alright, with that... Um, I don't know, we could be done. Yeah, no, we're, we are done. Uh, next week we talk about... Still Life! The, the best song in that album is The More. And that's just downhill. <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll talk about the concept, the conceptual world of Mike and Mikhail Oberfolk. Yeah. All right, I'm Sam. I'm Adam. Hollywood and Dead. Forever. Forever. <laughs> <laughs>